When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kraken fans? Welcome to Season 2, Episode number 4 of Keeping Up With The Krakens, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is your co-host of the pod, Tyler Bell, coming back to the mountains of the Rockies here in Banff, Alberta, and uh, joined by fellow co-host of the pod, Alec Durham, on Halloween. How are you doing today, bud? Fucking miserable. I've been thinking about my fantasy hockey week. Oh, yeah, someone didn't uh, have a pretty successful week against me, did ya? You think I could get two fucking goalie wins for like eight tries for the week? I think I had eight goalie appearances and I got one win. Yeah, that's a rough go, uh, considering my goalie stats weren't that great. And, uh, you know, there is potential there to take the week just by uh, getting some good goalie stats, but... Unfortunately, yours shit the bed even harder than mine did. And, uh, you know, I pulled through and got the win. So, you know what? For the first matchup, I'm happy to take it, Durham. Yeah, you know what's funny is I think right before that, I said to you and Kev in our group chat there, like, yeah, so the play is sitting Demko until he does anything, right? Being my goalies are Jerry and Bennington and Demko. The other two are kind of hot. Yeah, both of them shit the bed the same night Demko gets like his first fucking win of the year. So if I would have just played Demko this week, I would have tied you for goalie wins. Yeah, and that probably would have tied the week up. And then, uh, yeah, it would have been a nice tie. But uh, it didn't happen. You made some bad decisions and away she goes, right? Yeah, whatever. I mean, I lost the week and I only moved down one spot in the standings. I'm fourth now, whatever. Yeah, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Rush Briggs this week and take first. Hey, there you go. There you go. It's always Charlie McAvoy's coming back. Yeah, that sounds pretty early already. That's pretty crazy. I thought it was going to be like January for him, but he's already, you know, taking the road trip with Boston. I don't think he'll play this week, but I I would look for next week already. Yeah, I'm looking to move a defenseman. Open up a spot for him. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, yeah. Happy Halloween today, pal. Um, quick little question. What, uh, what's the best Halloween memory that you have? I don't fucking know. I'm putting you on the spot. Come on. You gotta have something. That's the point of Halloween. Once you turn 12. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) You just do whatever you can to forget about the night. I don't know, man. I loved Halloween nights. Trick or treating. With your friends, it was a blast. It's a good time. Yeah, it was all right. 
know yeah i mean it's a lot different now that we're adults but without kids too it's a little you know i'm just gonna put on some scary movies tonight i don't know what else to do nothing else going on gotta work i saw some families walking their young kids out trying to get candy in the rain and they look just fucking miserable it's raining here too just miserable time but yeah it is i mean snow on the mountains everywhere it's we're probably i'm probably gonna wake up with snow everywhere tomorrow but uh currently raining so yeah miserable time but you know shout out to all the kids who uh power through the rain stay out there for an hour or two get as much candy as you can so your parents parents are all gonna be sick tomorrow yeah (laughs) true doing it in the rain yeah Anyways, uh, let's get into some hockey talk. We have the Kraken who uh, just finished up, just wrapped up their their three-game homestand. And Durham, they played some pretty darn good hockey at times, eh? Man, you're telling me, like, a couple wins on the week and the loss was only a one-goal game? Damn. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, I mean, considering there were some tough teams that they were going to face, obviously, uh, you know, there's a bit of an ugly one in between those wins, but we'll get to that one. Starting things off with a big 5-1 to one victory versus Buffalo, that was a heck of a game. Yeah, I mean, Jones gets the start there, and I thought the defining point for this was we knew Buffalo was hot. Darlene was hot. Buffalo only gets 16 shots on net, and Darlene doesn't score. Yeah, we shut down the hottest defenseman in the whole NHL in that game and only giving up 16 shots. I mean, I I know I tweeted about it, but uh, I thought this was the best defensive game I had seen out of the Kraken. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I mean, it was a whole team effort from start to finish. And it got kicked off pretty early with a nice Jamie Alexiak goal. You know, a puck kind of pops out uh into the high slot and he steps into one and rips one in for his first of the season to make it one nothing early on yeah from right early you could notice like the puck was kind of bouncing around following sprong a bit in that first period and that's exactly what happens on that play he just ends up with a weird dead one fires it at the side of the fucking net tries to stick handle it and pops out to alexiak and like you said just buries it yeah, a nice big rig shot, uh, just blasted it home. And you're right, man. It just seemed like Sprong was everywhere. Uh, he was just engaged throughout this whole game. So uh, he looked really good, which was awesome. Um, but that second goal where Brandon Tanev finds Morgan Geeky kind of shrieking down the middle of the ice, sends this huge backhander, kind of, you know, not really a sauce, but like a big flop backhander right to his stick as he's in full stride and Morgan Geeky goes in and scores his first goal of the season too. Yeah. That's a couple times this year. They've got the old alley-oop pass down. eh? Yeah. Something they, uh, they've definitely been working on and that was a, an amazing pass by Brandon Tanev to find Sprong just full stride going down. Honestly, goal of the game for sure. In my opinion. Oh yeah. The whole play combined. That was the best one. And then, like we said, it was Daniel Sprong. Uh, you know, he he ends up getting a puck uh, right to him, and it's Tanev again uh, finding the player. And he's all alone out front, ends up doing a little dipsy dangle around Air Comrie, makes him look pretty silly there, and he scores another beautiful goal there. And, you know, he, he was just lights out. He was everywhere during those first two periods. Yeah, exactly. Like we were saying, Puck just followed him on that one, took a funny bounce off. I think it was Tanev's ass and went straight to Sprong in the slot there. Give him time and space. He's going to put it in the back of the net like that. 
Yep. They're off to a nice three, nothing lead. Uh, Buffalo would score that one goal, that lone goal they had. And it was a pretty lucky one. Vinny Hinnestroza kind of sends one towards Jones there. It bounces off Alexiak right off the, the back post there. And Dylan Cousins is just able to find it first and bury it. But other than that, man, uh, there wasn't a whole lot going on for Buffalo, man. Uh, Seattle was shutting things down all game. Yeah, and especially with the disallowed goal for Buffalo when they went offside, it felt like that was just a nail in the coffin. Oh, big time. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, Jared McCann getting his fourth of the season on the power play. And how about the delay on the buzzer on that one? Because uh, obviously he had no idea. McCann absolutely sniped one. The same shot he loves to do where he picks that short side top shelf because that puck went ringing into the net and ringing back out just as quick. It was so funny. You watch the replay and there's Eberly just standing in the crease and he just throws his hand in the air. Yeah. And everyone else is like, that went in. Yeah. Yeah. He was just all casual with it. And again, like you said, they had that waved off goal and then Maddie Beneers pops in his third of the season on the power play too. So that power play staying hot in that game, eh? Oh yeah. I mean, they kind of had a tough week the week before, but if they're finding their groove again, perfect. Yeah, and it was just three opportunities. They scored on two of them. So, uh, again, uh, they're finding ways to continue that power play success. And that's something you love to see, especially, you know, being a big first win at home for them too. Uh, you know, that that's something they needed to start this uh, start this little homestand off. They've struggled at home, but this was a dominant, dominant win. Oh, yeah, almost every facet of the game. I think the only thing they really lost was face-offs. Yeah. And, and it's something they've actually looked way better at this season. They were getting smoked in face-offs. So, uh, you know, they've looked way better. They look like they've improved there. I think Matty Beneers has helped that out too. Yeah, I've seen uh, Gord teaching the young kids in practice how to take face-offs. Yeah, you love to see that from a veteran guy like Yanni. Uh, moving along, though, you know, they would face the Vancouver Canucks in their next game a couple nights later. And boy, oh boy, did this game start off with, uh, you know, some intensity. Yeah, it got a little hot and heavy there, eh? Yeah, we've seen a couple fights right off the bat there. The big rig getting into one. And then uh, not only that, but uh, who was it who fought JT Miller too right after that? Oh, shit. I'm drawing a was, complete blank. I'm just blanking right now. I honestly couldn't tell you, but uh, yeah, it was a scrap. It was a, it was a scrappy game to start off. And, and that's what you love to see against the, the, you know, the rivals in Vancouver Canucks here, because it's a team we just haven't been able to find any success against. Oh, and four last year against Vancouver. And you, you expect a bit more fight back from a team who's just across the border like that, that uh, is probably going to be your biggest rival going forward. Exactly. Like you've got how we did against Vancouver last year is settling and sitting with the Seattle team. Right. And then you've got how Vancouver has started this year sitting with their team. So like this was just ready to go from the start for both sides. Yeah, exactly. And I'm such an I'm such an idiot here because it was it wasn't the big rig. That was a different fight. I'm thinking of it was Adam Larson who fought Tanner Pearson there. And then it was. Uh, Carson Soucy, who fought JT Miller. And those were what really fired the game up right away there. Um, and that's what you love to see. The crowd was in it too early. Um, the, you know, Mikheyev would get that first goal of the game, though, against 
against the crack in there to get things going. So wasn't the greatest start on the board, but they would respond. Yeah, Mikheyev kind of got, it's funny, you know, we were talking about how um, Sprong got the bounces last game, right? That was mm-hmm. kind of McKay of this game. Everything seemed to just pop out to him. Which, yeah, just with a lot of space, right? Um, but then, like, the big rig steps up and blasts his second goal in as many games, too, that would give him uh, two on the season. And uh, just like that, it was a tie game with just about a minute 20 left in the period, and, and the Kraken weren't down there. Yeah, that's back-to-back games, too, for the big rig, getting the first goal for the boys. So that's great to see getting the people going. The D just really starting it up with the fights and the offense. And then, like you said, 16 seconds left in the first period there. Who else but Jared McCann's going to find it? Just wire it in the back of the net there. And that's going to be a career-high four-game goal streak for the guy. Four-game goal streak, too, after starting the year a, a little bit on the quiet end. That would bring him to five goals, and he was absolutely moving his feet down on the wing there. He looked he looked like a speedster, like a natural, just ripping down the right side of the ice, and uh, he was able to kind of squeak past there. Tough angle unless you've seen the above view, kind of how it at squeaked through Demko, but uh, that was a good goal to get at the end of the period. Yeah, there was kind of a lot Demko just let through him that squeaked in. Yeah, and then unfortunately, uh, you know, Vancouver would get a couple back-to-back power play goals. A couple soft calls there on the Kraken, and just like that, it was a bit of a seesaw battle throughout this game, and who else but Mikheyev getting that first one, staying hot, and then the new guy from Russia, Andre Kuzmenko, who ended up sniping one off a off a really, really nice uh, pass from JT Miller there. I mean, that was pretty much a tap-in goal for Kuzmenko. That was probably one of those ones where the guy picking up the pass doesn't even have to do anything. Miller just banks it off of him and in. That was a fucking bullet pass. It was a bullet. It looked like it was going to be a shot for sure, right? So so he faked that out really nicely, and that just, just shows just how good JT Miller is. But just about 15 seconds after that goal, who else but Benier is on a little breakaway goal himself, and he pops one past Demko, and uh, that would tie the game right up. And talking about fake outs, how about that pass from Schwartz for that Beneers goal too, though? Eh? Oh, Did this 360. That was so disgusting. Schwartz, of Patty too, Kane. He's, he's, he's looking like a new man this year, isn't he? He is. He looks energized out there, healthy, ready to make an impact. Yeah, and, and the Kraken need that guy to be an impact player. I mean, with the contract they signed him, the expectations, like this is the Jaden Schwartz they signed up with when they signed him, right? Exactly. And then in that third period, I mean, things just, you know, took an ugly turn for the worse right at the start of the period. And Pedersen gets this lucky but very skillful type of play out front where he kind of bats one out of midair on this like bouncing soft puck, right? But it just looked like all the Kraken players kind of collapsed as Vancouver entered the zone and uh, just weren't aggressive enough to take that play away. Yeah, I will say that was incredible hand eye by Pedersen there because I think it was Susie knocked the puck down on its way in and then it bounced off up and that's when Pedersen hit it. Yeah, exactly. You kind of cut out there for the last little bit of that, but I know exactly what, what you're trying to say there with the bouncing play. Um, and then, you know, we, we'd get this opportunity on the power play late in the game and unfortunately we pulled the goalie 
I, I assume way like way too early than I would have liked to see. And Connor Garland pops in a an empty netter, and then the scoring still wasn't done because Jaden Schwartz, you know, with 30 seconds left in the game, ended up popping a power play goal, and uh, you know, the game under unfortunately ended up five four for the Canucks, and uh, it was good to see Jaden Schwartz pop another one though. Yeah, it's not too, too often you see the empty net goal become the game winner. But that's exactly what we saw there when Schwartz was able to, you know, catch the rebound off the glass and then tuck it into the empty cage. Yeah, it it was just a tough game because you're watching this game. For anyone who did watch it, got to watch it, um, I think, you know, there's no denying that the Kraken deserved this game and they outplayed the Canucks like crazy, especially at times they're all over them. I mean, they outshot them 36 to 19. So, I mean, back-to-back games for the Kraken where you give up less than 20 shots is pretty dang impressive. And you don't get away with a win in a game where you definitely deserve to. Uh, It was just one of those games where the Canucks were almost bound to win their first game of the season at some point, and they got all the bounces that let that happen. Exactly. I mean, they had three shots in the third period and scored on two of them. So it just felt like everything was going their way. Yeah, it did. It just, which is unfortunate though. It was, it was a pretty good game for the crack. And even though, you know, they, they maybe collapsed at times defensively and let in a couple soft goals, but uh, you know, other than that, they played a very, very solid hockey game. And then they'd, they'd be going up against another real tough team uh, a couple days later on the Saturday. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch this one because of work, but Durham Kraken and penguins, you, uh, you had your eyes on this one, didn't you? I would have if I totally didn't fall asleep at 9:45. Yeah, that's a tough move, man. It's a it's a so, tough one being on the East Coast sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, it's a battle. You know, you you get the coffee at five o'clock. You think you're good. And you think you're gonna be awake till three a.m. and you sit down. You get a little too cozy, and the next thing you know, it's 12:30, and you're waking up going, "Fuck, I gotta go to bed." Yeah, but rewatching the highlights, this was a competitive hockey game, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you certainly would like to see a bit better. I'd like to see more goals, especially out of my Penguins. No offense, everybody. I mean, but... I mean, technically, we've seen quite a bit, but uh, they just weren't counting. Right? Good eye for Sullivan and the bench staff there. You know, bench staff. Um, shit, what's the video guy? That's the word I'm thinking of. The video coach, I guess they're called now. Catching a couple uh, disallowed goals there for the Kraken, right? Not only that, um, just based on the highlights, it uh, it appeared that they were about eight shots split between both teams that just rang off posts and bars. Like there was just there's just posts getting hit at all points in the game. So uh, it, it would have been a high scoring one, but the bounces just weren't going that type of way. That's funny because I had that as my last note for the game was there's a lot of posts hit tons of posts in this game and and scoring didn't start until halfway through this game at least for goals that that counted on the board right Gensel uh kind of getting a a bit of a lucky bounce towards him he goes in and kind of slides one under Jones there to open up the scoring yeah just a little burst of speed down the middle to kind of split the d and goes five hole there yeah and uh it would be quickly answered by a goal that actually counts And that's Jordan Eberle with his first of the season. And what better timing for a guy who just had a new baby born, a new baby boy 
newborn the night before the game. How about that as a little gift for his uh, newborn son? And I think Jones had a baby girl, wasn't it? I believe so, yeah. So a couple new babies on the Kraken squad, eh? Actually, funny, going back to the uh, fantasy pickup here, I needed goalies bad. So I picked up the Pittsburgh goalie thinking they lost three games in a row this week. There's no way they dropped four, right? I only had two additions, so I needed a goalie win Saturday and I needed a goalie win Sunday. So I picked up DeSmith. And then I go on Twitter and I see that Jordan Eberle and Martin Jones just had kids. And I went, son of a bitch, I should have picked up Martin Jones. Yeah, yeah, you uh, you fucked up on that one, didn't you? That one hurt me because he made 32 out of 33 saves. Yeah, he had a hell of a night, a hell of a week, really. I mean, other than some of the bounces in the Vancouver game, Jonesy was on top of his game for this hockey team. And picking up the assists on that Everly goal, first off, Matty Beneers' pass. Oh, that feed. Holy crap. Schwartz Schwartz just digging it out behind the net, making that play happen. Matty Beneers takes that extra step over to the – the left side pulls to Smith over and then finds Jordan Everly. That was disgusting. And that would be uh Matty Benier is kind of putting together a nice point streak now again. Yeah. I think that makes it four point, four game point streak. And I, be- points yeah, I believe one so. point in every game. I don't think he's not only doubles, him, but, but yeah, but Morgan geeky getting on the board uh, just before that p- second period ended too. And that was another beauty from him. So uh, he had a lot of speed on that play. And Sprong are getting into it too with the nice assist on the play to set him up. Yeah, that was just a nice quick snap for the feed there, eh? Mm-hmm. Nice quick snap. And then a great shot by Morgan Geeky. And I love the Sally. He was fired up for that. Speaking of fired up, how about Jaden Schwartz? Big week for him, eh? Huge week. Gets the empty netter to seal the game with a minute left in the Kraken. Take two out of three games uh, at home for the mini three-game homestand. What a week it was. And they improved a one-and-one Saturday night home games. So there we go. That's way better than last year when I think the last game of the year they got their first win. Yeah, starting off strong on the Saturday night games too. So you love to see that because they struggled last season with them didn't know what it was just weird didn't like saturdays eh little boom town rats out action going on except it's not mondays it's saturdays we're changing that up now at least they're getting into a good rhythm now speaking of good rhythms player of the week gotta go with martin jones here i mean couple bounces against him that vancouver game sure whatever the man's got a two-in-one record made 62 saves, played in all three of the games, won two of them, and in those two wins, only allowed one goal. Yeah, let's just give a shout-out to Jonesy here. How important has he been with the early success the Kraken have had? I mean, look at their record. They're like a 500 team right now. What do they, 4-4-1, and right? So um, that's not a bad start for this team at all. No, that's great, especially like the pressure that's on him, him being our number one guy now with Grubauer and Dreger out. Yeah, no kidding. And I said four, four, and one. I'm four, four, and two. I knew that. I don't know why I said one, but 10 games in, 10 points. They're on average for 82 points this season right now and sitting in a wild card spot. 
right? Playoffs, baby. Here we come. No, it's 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 really good to see that some of that early success. Um, I really liked what I seen, but Durham, I think we got to talk about something that uh, we're not enjoying too much right now, and that is the usage of our fourth overall pick this year, Shane Wright. Tell me, uh, tell me a little about that. Well, as fans may have noticed this week, Shane did not play in a single game during the homestand, which, I mean, that kind of, that obviously sucks in and its own. And I know this, it wouldn't be a reason that you'd have to play the kid, but it might be a reason that you'd say, fuck, why wouldn't we play him? The poor kid's grandparents were in town for the week and didn't get to see him play. For the whole week, the whole three game homestand, his grandparents are in town just to see Shane step on the ice and play play in the NHL, and uh, they don't get that at all. Uh, that's a bit heartbreaking. And I, I know we're, you're not going to play somebody just because their grandparents are or aren't in the building, but this is getting ridiculous with uh, Shane Wright's usage. Like, what's the plan? I think that's what everyone wants to know most is, okay, Obviously, something's going on. He, There is a rumor. Now, mind you, this is a rumor I'm emphasizing here. Going around that when he interviewed for the draft combine, apparently he made it clear he does not want to go back to Kingston. And that is supposedly a big part of the reason as to why he dropped from one to four. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big reason, apparently. I mean, that's the rumor. Take it with a grain of salt, but... I mean, even Jeff Merrick was talking about it on the 32, pot, 32 Thoughts podcast, uh, just about how there's a lot of people in the organization who are frustrated with how his usage has been. And that, uh, you know, Elliot Friedman kind of mentioning that at this point, I, I think, you know, the inevitable is that he does get sent down. I mean, why would you try to keep a guy who you're, you're going to be sitting that many games in a row who's top ice time in a game that he has played is just over eight minutes. He hasn't even got nine minutes in a game. Like this is the exact sprung situation when he was an 18 year old in Pittsburgh and he lasted about half the year. And then they finally sent him down to junior and it was like too little too late. Like why, why'd you fuck with the kid for half a year? What was interesting too, kind of sounds like you listen to 32 thoughts today, but Merrick was talking about, uh, well, Merrick and Friedman on today's podcast were talking about Shane Wright and everything going on there. And mm-hmm. it was interesting, Merrick being the big time junior guy. He goes, I think if it happens, you're going to see a Shane Wright junior trade either first or right after it's announced that he's sent down. Yeah. Yeah. He was talking about that, how if he is sent down, that uh, he will almost certainly be traded away from uh, the front next there. Uh, and that would be pretty exciting to find out, you know, who he would land with and the potential players uh, he would be playing with. Because at this point, I mean, you only have two scenarios going forward that make any any logical sense with what's going to be happening with Shane Wright, and that's either there's a coaching change in Seattle, and you see Shane Wright stay with the club, and get more ice time and get played and get developed a bit more properly, which I think is the unlikely scenario. You have the other scenario, which is the most likely, and that's Shane Wright getting sent back down to junior and hence getting traded 
to a better team in the OHL, one where you know he could he could be more excited to play for and show and prove that you know in a sense that he shouldn't even be there by hopefully putting up some ridiculous points and and being a leader down there and and winning some hardware too something he hasn't been able to accomplish in the OHL and uh you know at this point I think that's the most likely scenario and the one I would like to see because uh I don't I don't enjoy having Shane Wright get getting benched game after game after game and something that like I completely agree he's got to play and however long this drags on is going to be worse for the kid. But one point that was made too, is they might hold him long enough and then send him to the world juniors and send him down after that. And when I heard that, it kind of pissed me off because if you're going to send him to the fucking world juniors in December, why the hell wouldn't you have sent him in August? Why would you tell him? No, you're, you don't have to go. You don't have to prove anything there. And then come December after he, you find out, you know, maybe he can't cut it in the NHL quite yet. You're going, fuck, maybe we should send him to the world juniors. Yeah. To me, it's, uh, that's, uh, that's a shot to your confidence right there. If you're Shane, Wright, And that's what scares me the most is, uh, you don't want this kid's confidence shot at an early age and, and, uh, really slow the development down, uh, for this guy, for this kid, because the skills are there. Like you, you see it. Uh, he, he's got the skills. He's got the potential to be a top line player in the NHL one day. But um, with how things are going early on, it, it it's not a good look. Yeah, I mean, this is this is tough. It's looking a little more reminiscent of Drew N with Tampa as well. Like, yeah, I think that's another great example. Like that, but. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure sooner rather than later, we're going to have some kind of decision coming out being made about Shane Wright um, going forward because you can't just keep the kids sitting. And even if you are playing them, you can't give them six minutes a night, but that's not doing much either. I know it's going to sound like, oh, that's not that close, but I'm going to say like by 2023, we're going to know what the plan is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll know what the plan is for sure by then. I mean, that's only a couple months away, right? Exactly, like seven weeks, eight weeks. Yeah, I have a feeling it'll happen in the next couple of weeks. What what's what's gonna be, you know, what the plan really is? But we'll we'll wait and see, right? Because he's only got a few more games left until, uh, you know, he burns that first year of his entry level. So I I gotta think that that decision's going to be made before that he burns his first year and he gets sent down before those nine before more than nine games are played right yeah i think it'll probably be once he gets to his nine games he's at five now right so they could probably realistically hold him for another month if they're going to play him like this yeah if he's going to stay on this same uh track same projection that he has been with hackstall so um but, you know, hopefully, hopefully they make a decision sooner rather than later because there's no reason why you're sitting your, uh, your number one prospect right now, uh, you know, because, I, you know, I'm not counting Matty Beneers as a prospect anymore. He's a bona fide player on this team, bona fide top six player on this team. He's no longer a prospect, in my opinion. So Shane Wright takes yeah. over that number one prospect role. And uh, you can't be doing this with your number one prospect. No, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. 
All right, moving on from the Shane Wright talk here. Uh, we are now going on a three-game road trip. The Seattle Kraken starting things off tomorrow, uh, November 1st, against Calgary in Calgary, a game that I was really hoping to get out to, but unfortunately uh, I got to work a split shift and uh, will not be able to make it out, which is unfortunate. I was really hoping to. But uh, they're running into a pretty hot Calgary team and a Calgary team who uh, is getting wins on the board right now without their top line players performing like top line players. Yeah, but we knew that this was going to be a deep team and plays hard deep and plays all the way through the lineup, you know, the Daryl Sauter way. So Mm -hmm. also, you know, team in a game six of an eight game homestand right now, they're three and two in the first five games. Going to see how this one goes and, Honestly, I just hope no one's got to take a shit. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, pff, that was a funny presser the other day with uh, Sutter. <laughs> uh, if anyone missed that, just go YouTube it. Um, just a quick clip of uh, Sutter talking about or being questioned why Huberto left the bench in the first period. He flat out just says, well, I think he had to take a shit. So that was pretty, pretty funny to see. And uh, yeah. He couldn't have said it with a more straight face, eh? Yeah, talk about someone who's just so into the deadpan humor. Yeah, I know, right? Just dry humor across the board. And not only Calgary, but, I mean, all the matchups this week are really going to be tough. Um, Let's stick with Calgary for a second, though. What do you expect out of this one? Well, I'm expecting Nazem Kadri to just be a fucking prick to play against in every facet of the game. Hasn't he been a hot player? Right, I was kind of avoiding him in our fantasy draft this year because I didn't know what he was going to do on a new team. Didn't light a, didn't light the lamp with Colorado right away, and I thought, fuck, he might not even be the number one center in Calgary. So is he going to get their good wingers? But he's leading the team in points. Yeah, leading the team in points so far. He's got nine points in seven games, and he's been their best player offensively, no doubt about it. Um, so he's going to be kind of that guy you got to shut down. You take a look at Elias Lindholm and. And um, Jonathan Huberto running that first line or supposedly supposed to run that first line. And they're really not doing it for Calgary. It's been that second line for them uh, who's really been carrying that that workload. So uh, you're dealing with a really deep Calgary team. Um, the one thing is interesting with them is their goaltending has been just meh. It hasn't been the, the best best. You look at Markstrom and... Vladar so far and, and Markstrom obviously coming off a, a career year and an unbelievable season last year. He hasn't been that same guy to start off the season. So uh, you might be running into a team where you're going to be able to perhaps create a bit more offense. Yeah, here's hoping, right? Yeah, exactly. So they play them Tuesday, a couple nights later. They're in uh, the state of hockey against Minnesota Wild and a team that started things off pretty slowly this year, 1-3-1, and and have bounced back to a 4-4-1 and record and have looked a lot better uh, since their first four games of the season. Yeah, their whole team kind of just sucked, like you said, the first four games there. And uh, someone said Flowers got his groove back. And then you put that little video there of him coming out of the all the bushels of flowers and everything, the bouquets and it looks like he's got his group back. Yeah, I'd agree with that. After watching the last couple of games there, Minnesota's hot. 
Minnesota's hot right now, and they're looking like the team that everyone expected them to be um, because th- they should be a bona fide playoff team uh, with the players and the goaltending that they have. So, uh, you know, look out. This is going to be another tough matchup for the crack and uh, heading into this one on that Thursday night. What do you expect of this game? Uh, I'm expecting kind of a high scoring game. Good chances going both ways. You know, everybody watch Matt Boldy on Minnesota. That kid's fucking good. Number 12. Yeah. Number 12. Uh, he's a big kid out there too. And, and he could play, man. He is, he's a gamer. Absolutely. Uh, he's going to be one of the best players on Minnesota for years to come. No doubt about it in my eyes. Um, well, yeah, I'm thinking a high-scoring game, too. I see a lot of goals coming uh, from both teams with that first Calgary game being a low-scoring one. And then we move right on to uh, an, a rematch of, of earlier in the week there, uh, or sorry, last week here against Pittsburgh. But uh, this time we're going to be playing in Pittsburgh for a Saturday night, or eh? This is going to be a tough one, especially after, after you know, giving the, the Pittsburgh Penguins their fourth loss in a row, right? Yeah, I think this is going to be a game where you're going to be looking to see Pittsburgh's best. You won't probably see DeSmith and Met. You'll see Jerry then, I think. So, you know, you're going to get their starter coming at you. And honestly, I think that's going to be a game that the Penguins are either going to be ready for or as a Penguins fan, I'm going to be fucking disappointed. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. The one thing that surprised me the most about watching the hot, the highlights of the the last matchup against these two teams is how much Seattle looked like they were bringing their speed uh, against Pittsburgh and and uh, really taking advantage of that in the game to create offense and had them running around in their own their own zone a lot. So it'll be interesting to see if we see uh, some of those same aspects in this game in Pittsburgh this time. Yeah, it always seems to be whoever's got their feet going wins the game in today's NHL, right? Like, you can't really be a slow, bruising team anymore. It just doesn't work. If you, you can still be bruising, but you've got to keep the pace. Yeah, and it's only getting faster, this game. Exactly. So much that's fun. Why, that's why you see it so hard for some of these, like, mid, mid-tier, mid-line, like, middle six slash bottom six guys once they start getting in their 30s. It is really hard for them to stay in the NHL now. It is a young yeah. man's game. You lose a step and it's gone. Exactly. So uh, what do you think? This this is going to be a, a really hard stretch of hockey. You're facing three teams who should be uh, not only playoff teams, but right up there competing as uh, potential Stanley Cup contenders, right? So so you're facing three hard teams here, and and I know we we usually don't give the, the benefit of the doubt to the Kraken here, but what are you saying for this week, man? I'm going to say they beat Calgary and Minnesota and lose to Pittsburgh. Nice, thinking a a nice two two one week for the Kraken back to back two one weeks like that. I'm seeing it. They're they feeling it in them. Good. They look confident. They look so much better this year. I, I I love this watching this team so much more, especially with some of the the younger guys in the lineup. Eh, it's it's just been such a turnaround. Yeah, it's been a lot more excitement to watch. They're quicker. They're they make plays with each other now. It's exciting. And you can bet one of those uh, one of those point streaks is going to continue. Eh. Yeah, I'd probably bet on Beniers. 
Yeah, and why not hop over to DraftKings, do some betting, because uh, like we are saying, it is finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn those small bets into even bigger payouts with same game parlays. You can combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings has been around for a long time, so you know it's safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So Kraken fans, download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NHL team to win their game, hence the Kraken this week, baby, and get $200 in free bets if they do just that. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. All right, welcome back, Kraken fans. Uh, Durham, we have a little bit of news uh, around the NHL here, a bit of NHL news. So uh, hit us with some of that. Well, we'll uh, going around the NHL, we'll start at home with Seattle. You know, we had to throw Grubauer on the IR and because of that needed a goaltender. So we signed Christopher Gibson and sent him to the AHL. Yeah, just adding a little goaltending depth there um, after Gru goes from being day-to-day to week-to-week, which is unfortunate uh, for Grubauer. But our best goalie is is Ben Jones, so he's kind of taken that number one goaltending role, and you know that's just the way it is. It sucks to see Grubauer, who you don't want to see the German gentleman hurt. Uh, we want him back in the lineup, and, and hopefully it's not too, too far away. I know he just moved to week-to-week, but I would expect to see him probably after the road trip. Yeah, probably threw him on IR just to give themselves a bit of cap space there, the flexibility, roster movement yep. kind of stuff. And what can you tell us about uh, Christopher Gibson? I don't know a whole lot about him. He's from Finland, you know, kind of really more of a depth guy in the organization. Probably not. He's not going to amount to much at the NHL level. No, at one point he was uh, kind of a a bit of a highly regarded prospect, but never really made his way to the NHL. He's he's pretty much a bona fide AHL goalie, which is is uh, no uh, no bash to him at all. That's still pretty impressive. Obviously, playing pro hockey just above the the, the top league in the world, but uh, he's just just there to add some depth to the AHL because it it sounds like they're going to be running with Jonesy and uh, and Joy Decord. So. You got Jonesy and Joey, uh, you know, as the two goalies. And I would expect to probably see Joey Decord in one of those games. If not, he'll definitely be playing right after that road trip. Yeah, I'd expect to see him in one of these games, especially considering how you just rode Jones through last week. Yeah, yeah. If I had to pick one, uh, you know, maybe we'll see him in, in Minnesota. That's what I was thinking, too. So. Uh, you see Joey Dak in some action. We love big Joey Dak fans here on the pod. So I uh, would be more than happy to see him back in some action with the big squad. Uh, moving along though, Castle, big news for Phil Castle, Phil the thrill baby breaking the Iron Man streak and currently sits at 990 games played in a row. How crazy is that? That's friggin' ridiculous. I mean, who would have ever thought Phil Castle, right? The most out of shape looking player in the NHL has the Iron Man streak. 
just just gotta laugh. Did you see Sarah Sivian's tweet about it? That fucking yeah, killed me. I did, but I can't remember exactly. I got what it here. She said. So she goes, I love that some of the best guys in the NHL like only eat chickpea pasta and drink the blood of their enemies or whatever. Meanwhile, the past two actual Ironmen eat ice cream before every game, Keith Yandel, and refuse to drink water, Phil Kessel. Yeah, well, there was some quote about Kessel about how he was like refusing to drink water and he would only drink pop or something. Yeah, it was. I can't remember the exact story, but it was when carlisle was coming to be head coach of the leafs he was tell kessel told some player i'll fucking quit if he takes away my coke i swear to god <laughs> that is classic dude that is amazing feel the thrill he was a heck of a player in his prime too eh? like one of the league's top point producers and uh you know during a stretch of time and honestly in in my opinion and and uh my old man's opinion, he he probably should have a con Smythe under his belt as well. Oh, my opinion too. He probably should. Yeah, I think it was down to him and Murray. I think they just gave it to Sid to give him one. Kind of felt that way, didn't it? Because uh, I mean, Castle, he looked like he carried the play a lot of that. Uh, the, was it the 2016 run there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, nonetheless, super impressive for uh, Phil the Thrill. And uh, it looked like that uh, Vegas locker room was celebrating quite hard with him with it. How can you not? You know he's going to the casino after. Oh, yeah. He's going to throw down. I mean, what a career it's been. I think i seen something about uh, the next closest player on the team for games played in a row was like William Carlson with like 60-something. Yeah, I think they said he would have had to play like the next 13 years straight. Yeah, it was Castle. like 20, 34 to 35 season or some crazy thing like that without missing a single game just to catch him. Yeah. When you put it in perspective like that, it seems pretty insane. That's when it's like, how the fuck did he do that? I have no idea. No idea how. I mean, honestly, it's the hot dog diet. It has to be. Like, Think of how many minor hockey games you would have missed growing up. And this guy just played like 12 straight years in the NHL. I mean, how did he not like get tripped one time going into the boards and just like feet first, high ankle sprain? How did he not? How did he not like block a shot wrong or have a shot go off and crack his rib? Come on. I mean, I'm not. I mean, you're still on the ice. Castle block a shot. I mean, yeah, unlikely to see, but how did something just not go wrong in a sense? I mean, you know what happened today? Feel the thrill, baby. I was I was at public skating earlier today, brought one of my best friends, Ryan Webb. We're on the ice for 10 minutes. He turns to try to stop, falls backwards, falls right on his arm, breaks his arm. No, Webby. Webby is done, and he's done for like probably three months. Accidents happen all the time. Prime Phil would have done it the last game of the year and been back for training camp. True. I wonder, I wonder how, how many, many injuries. I wonder how many injuries he played. He played with. I know he had a couple when he was hurt in Pittsburgh, but he was he straight up said he goes, "I'm not missing a game," and some of. 
the doctors and trainers in Pittsburgh were kind of pissed because they're like, you need to rest that. And he said, I'm not missing a game. Legend. That's fucking legend shit. Like, imagine telling doctors to fuck off. I'm not missing a game. Yeah. That's just that's some Kobe Bryant shit. It is. Okay, Durham. Uh, like we said, we uh, we got to spend some time talking about the Squid Squad. And uh, when we say Squid Squad, who are we talking about again? The prospects. The prospects, and starting things off with our newest AHL team, the newest AHL team, the Coachella Valley Firebirds, baby. Love that team. Love that name. Love their symbol. And they're off to a bit of a hot start here. They're, uh, let's just say, on fire to start. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. They're flying with the flames. Oh, hell yeah. This team is hot. They're fourth in their division. Now, I know you're going to hear that and go fourth. The fuck you talking about they're hot? Calm down. It's a 10-team division. Also, they're four and two. Vets are really leading this way, the way for the team. And, I mean, there's not a whole lot of our prospects playing pro hockey yet in North America. I mean, there's a couple over in Europe playing pro hockey. But most of them are in juniors. But the ones that are playing, they're playing pretty well. Yeah, we have a handful of them who are, uh, you know, nearing a point per game in the AHL or or even creeping over point per game right now in the AHL. And the 4-2-0 Firebirds, uh, they're off to some pretty good hockey. And not only is it some of the young guys, but it's some of these veteran guys that they've uh, surrounded the team with who are absolutely putting up some numbers. Well, I mean, they're doing what you'd hope they'd do. Yeah, I mean, they signed that one right winger, uh, you know, out of Europe, Jesper Froden. And he, I believe, played one year of AHL at, uh, I believe he's 28 now. So it's 27. He played his first year in America last year in uh, North America, I should say. Uh, And, you know, he was about 0.8 points per game he had like 34 and like 43 games played but so far this year 11 points in six games for him with uh the Coachella Valley Firebirds so that is a wicked hot start for him yeah that's nice to see in the older guys coming over where they can kind of keep pace yeah I mean I mean and he could be a guy who who gets called up and uh, you know obviously he made the move to North America to try to you know pursue a a potential NHL career. And if he keeps a pace like that, I mean, there could be a chance we see him getting called up to the NHL. Yeah. I mean, he'll probably get games. I assume almost most of their top scoring guys in the A will get at least a game. I just find it hard to get excited for guys in the A that are 27, 28, 29. Yeah, yeah, I definitely get that. Uh, and, and another one who who's right there, obviously playing on the same line, has the the same eleven points in six games. Who is another twenty eight year old, uh, and that's Andrew Polterowski, and and he is somebody who had a very good year in the AHL the year before, put up a hundred and one points in seventy one games uh, as captain of the Chicago Wolves. So. Uh, he's obviously a guy who could put up some serious points in the AHL and another guy who uh, obviously has a hot start this year and could potentially, like we said, see a couple games up with the, uh, with the big squad. I don't know. He's got to be soft. He doesn't have any penalty minutes. 
Yeah, not a whole lot. Zero penalty <laughs> minutes so far. But uh, you know who does have some penalty minutes? Someone Cole I can get Lynn. excited about. Colin, baby. Eight points in six yeah. games so far. See, this is what I like to see. A young kid doing well in the AHL. And he got a touch of NHL games last year, too. And you can bet he's going to get a couple more this year. Yep. Yeah, he's he's off to a pretty good start. And another young kid, uh, his first season in the AHL. And, uh, you know, that was a, a draft pick from our very first draft. Second rounder, defenseman Riker Evans, who's got four points in six games. He's off to a pretty pretty nice start and he's a plus nine through those six games so far that see Evans was the one that I looked at from the team and I was the most hyped for like first I was like gonna you said, say first year D coming in he's only a point behind leading the D for points so he's I'm pretty sure he's playing first pair there I'm gonna assume power play time as well this is what we want to see he's getting some penalty minutes so he's playing hard you'd assume in the D zone yeah, hundred percent. I think this is the kid that uh, the most of the attention should be on with uh, the AHL squad because, like we said, he's he's uh, first year in the AHL. He was dominant in the WHL, and uh, you know he he had a really good training camp. Uh, again, that's two years in a row for him, and a player who is definitely going to be part of this uh, Seattle Kraken team in the near future. Yeah, I think so for sure. I'd be honestly surprised if he doesn't get a couple games if there's an injury or two on D. If he's yeah. not the first D call up, I'll be surprised. Yeah, I think uh, I think for sure that's pro- that's probably going to end up happening, right? Like, uh, there's not a lot of other choices, but uh, he he should be right at the top of that list, no doubt about it. Hell yeah. Uh, moving along though, let's talk about some of the prospects who are in the junior leagues, Durham getting down to the uh, other guys i see that eh? the young kids the young young kids yeah the uh the barely legals <laughs> sounds terrible to say <laughs> let's just i didn't say one. it Jesus let's just scratch fuck. that one <laughs> well that um, took a turn okay let's was, get uh, back to the uh you know what young are we talking kids. about all right the young kids here <laughs> Um, what about, uh, let's go with Tucker Robertson. How about this? Our, our 20, 2022 fourth round pick. He's a 19 year old. He's off to a wicked start with the Peterborough Peets. Oh, he's killing it there. Eight goals, nine assists, 17 points in 12 games. Yeah. 12 games. The man is killing the OHL. Yeah, and, and he's a guy who could, uh, you know, Tucker's his first name, so you know he's able to tuck the puck in. Uh, eight goals in 12 games. He had 40 goals uh, last season, so you know this kid can put it in the back of the net, and he's doing just that this year. This is an interesting kid to keep an eye on. Yeah, he's a guy who I believe he was an overage pick when we selected him too, so he's ready to go pro next year, I think. Yeah, he'll be turning 20 in about June, I believe, so... Uh, he, he's going to be a guy who could step right into that AHL team. But before that, we uh, could potentially see him get a, maybe an invite to uh, Team Canada training camp, right? I don't see why not. He shouldn't be the only Seattle kid there as well. There's going to be a couple of them from this list, I believe, that get invited to that camp in December. 
Oh, yes. And and one who should be definitely getting the invite. Another uh, one who's just still on the, his 18-year-old year, and that's uh, centerman David Gayoti. And this was a guy who we were pretty high on and, he, and we had on our draft list for the Kraken, and they ended up taking him, and he's playing for the Sudbury Wolves. So, Wolves? Wolves? Not Wolves. wolves. He's playing for the Wolves. But uh, he's he's off to a good start too. Fifteen points in eleven games for that team, and and, and that's not uh, the greatest hockey team either. They're struggling a bit, but he's finding ways to consistently uh, get on the board and put up some nice numbers. And that's great for him because that was the thing everyone talked about in his going into the draft last year was his inconsistency. If he was able to string it together for a full year last year, they said he would have been for sure a first round pick. Yeah, so there's a guy 100%. we're looking. We might have got a steal because I think he was late second, was he not? Uh, he was right around mid, I think. Yeah, late mid, mid or there's a hundred second round picks. Check. I can't remember what order they. There were. might have been four hundred second round picks Fuck. that Rocket made. It, it was uh, it was incredible. Great, great picks though. They made a lot of great picks. Um, moving along though. Okay, so out of those guys, looking at probably, you know, making a push for that Team Canada World Junior squad. We got a guy who's going to be no doubt in my eyes, a top six player on the Finland junior squad. And that's Yanni Nyman, another second round pick sniper, right winger. How about this kid so far, man? He's having a great year. I mean, it only took him two games in their top junior league, the under 20 SM league there for them to realize we got to get this kid out of here. He had, five goals and six points in two games. So they yanked him out of there, pulled him up to the Liga, the top league in Finland there. And you're thinking, all right, young kid, how's he going to do? Well, he's got eight points, five goals in 13 games. He's having a fantastic year. And those aren't point per game numbers, but you're bringing this kid up to the Liga here and he's already got eight points in 13 games. That's a 0.62 points per game average right now. That is really good because I, I only feel that as the season goes along, he's probably going to get more ice time and more chances to produce. So the fact that he's off to such a hot start like that, playing in the the top men's league in the in the finish and in, in Finland, the Liga there, that is very impressive. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're gonna have or he's gonna have a pretty solid year if he can keep this up and be one of the top players for um finland at the world juniors like if you want to look at it for 19 and under players in the liga he's leading the league in points i will tied with joachim kemmel yeah and uh joachim kemmel was picked by nashville i believe i want to say 18th 19th overall one of those two right yeah somewhere yeah. up there and he was uh an absolute stud and sniper player who fell quite a bit in the draft and uh, you know, Nashville kind of got a steal there, to be honest. So you pair those two guys up on the top line, you're going to see some uh, some wicked numbers. Yeah, that should be something to look for for one of our productive players at the World Juniors this summer. Or <laughs> not this summer. Wow, I'm hey. still thinking August. <laughs> I know it's going to be uh, different to actually see a World Juniors during the the, the right time so i know uh, i fucking program my that. brain to get used to it in august in the summer and the sun shining well, and now i'm gonna fight so myself to get back, back in the holidays oh so much better like move along christmas <laughs> no no it's world junior season that's what it is 
Exactly. Um, how about another player picked in the in the second round? You guessed it, Durham, from this draft, the 2022 draft, and probably has the best name out there, and that's Jagger Furcus or Jagger Mick, Mick Jagger Furcus, as we like to refer to him. He's off to a pretty hot start with the Moose Jaw Warriors. Yeah, 14 points in 11 games, six goals. I mean, this is a nice, smooth, skating, puck-handling guy who I believe was at camp for Canada in the summer as well. So look to him to get another invite and possibly make the team this winter. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Right. And, and another guy who's, who has that potential to do so. Uh, and again, another right winger They're They're going to be loaded on the right wing spot. It, it looks like in the future, right? Uh, they have a lot of promising pieces, so that's exciting to see. And another one that they drafted in their first year, uh, in 2021, Jacob Melanson, a fifth rounder who plays in the QG QMJHL. He's got 13 points in nine games too. So that right wing depth is just insane. Yeah. You can tell like they looking at the right wing side, like it looks like they kind of thought, all right, these are going to be our scorers. Our centermen are going to be our playmakers. I kind of like it. I ain't going to lie to you. I do too. Uh, Move along to some, some defensemen here. How about Ty Nelson who uh, plays for the North Bay battalion of the OHL? He's off to a great start too. 12 points in 11 games for him so far, four goals, which is uh, quite a bit for a D right there. And just 11 games played. Yeah, I think he'll probably end up being like a 20-goal scorer in the O. I think you're going to look at a a point-of-game guy in the O, but I don't Mm -hmm. think you're looking at this offense to translate to the NHL. Yeah, it's going to be one of those things where for him to stay in the NHL, uh, he's going to have to be putting up probably some good offense. He's an undersized D. I believe he only comes in around 5'9", right? Yeah, is there one of them in the NHL? I think Jared Spurgeon. Spurgeon. I'm trying to think if Branstrom is 5'9 or 5'10. He just looks so small out there all the time. But, I mean, these smaller defensemen with the with the offense, though, they, they usually take a long time until they get going in the NHL. What's Ryan Ellis, 5'10? I think he's 5'10, yeah. Yeah. But he's another prime example of of just being patient with a small offensive defenseman because it takes a while for these guys to find their game. But when they do, they're they're quite the player, right? And and they can turn out to be quite the defenseman. So uh, it's probably going to be a longer track for him to get to the NHL, but promising start so far this season, no? Exactly. Yeah, you're probably looking at a couple years in the A to let him adjust and figure out what he can and can't do at the pro level that he could do at juniors. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if we're there... looking at 23 when he makes the NHL, I think that's fucking great. I think so too. Is there any other players who are kind of on your radar right now? Uh, nobody really that's, you know, grabbing a whole lot of attention for me. I mean, all those players we mentioned, they are, they're all top three, at least top three in on their respective teams right now in points. Right. So, um, that just shows that they're they're obviously a big part of their uh, their organizations right now, and you love to see that. Exactly. I mean, points aren't the only thing you look for, but when you're and especially when you've drafted all these forwards, it's kind of a big indicator, especially at the junior level, right? Like if you're gonna dominate, you should be able to put points up. Yeah, hundred percent. 
All right. Um, before we wrap this one up, Durham, I'm going to hit you with another Halloween question because it's, it's Halloween, bro. So you got to get into the spirit. Top three Halloween candies go. Hmm. Oh, Henry's in there. Oh, okay. All right, here we go. Them little <laughs> scratch it. I thought of others. Oh, Henry gets dropped <laughs> to fourth. Them little, because I forgot they're fucking mini size, and that's way better. So crispy crunch. And then those Ooh, shot glass boxes crunch. of Smarties that you just pop them and drop them in your mouth. Shot glass gone. barks. Yeah, or box, sorry, black. Well, yeah, they're like the size of your thumb. You grip them right, you just pop the top and shoot them and they're gone. And you know me, number one, it's fucking peanut butter cups. All day, every day. They're at the top of my list every single day I wake up, honestly. Uh, that, it's it's funny, I actually seen a video of uh, like NHL players listing their favorites. And American guys say Reese's. The fuck's a Reese's? I don't know. Us Canadians, That's we not call even how you Reese's. say Reese. Reese, there's Reese, and then there's Reese's pieces. Yeah, and Reese's pieces are trash. <laughs> really? You don't like them? Oh, I hate them. They're awful. <laughs> I love that. But honestly, yeah, uh, nothing beats Reese cups for me. They're at the top of the list, and then. I man, it's tough. I love a Kit Kat. I love a Kit Kat. It's great, great little wafer, soft, right amount. Uh, you know, good crunch, but nice and soft, just subtle, but the right amount. I love, I love the Kit Kat. And then I'm gonna go with, uh, I love Sour Patch Kids. I love those, so I'm putting those third. Don't judge, bro. I love my candy. Yeah, but I've never, I've never understood sour candies. Like. mm. You don't no. have to. You just have to enjoy them. I don't. It's like hot food. I don't think I it's have like, why to do, enjoy Why do people them? like... Why do people... You do. I'm telling you, you have to. Well, I tell you what. I like hot food, but your sour <laughs> candies can suck a dick. <laughs> Fuck your hot food. I love my sour candies. Okay. <laughs> nah, I, I'm such a... I wish I enjoyed spicier food more, but... I am I'm going to inject your Sour Patch Kids with sriracha sauce. I might like it. Who knows? Don't know until you try. But, I mean, that does sound pretty awful. Um, not going to lie. But we'll, we'll have to see. Maybe I'll try it one day. Yeah, but I won't What's, let you know it's in there. I'm such a bitch when it comes to spicy food. Like, I, I can eat, like, almost said jalapenos. Thank you, Trailer Park Boys. But, uh, like, jalapeno poppers, things like that, like, I'm cool with. Once it gets into, like, more extreme stuff, it's like, I, can't, I just can't do it. Like, I'm not going to put chili flakes in a bowl of soup. Just, I'm just such a peasant. I don't know. I don't like soup, so I don't know if I'd do that or not. <laughs> if you haven't guessed by now, Durham's a super picky eater. But he eats sushi. I was so just going to say, dude, I, I eat don't. fish eggs, so I don't know what you're talking about. Dude, you are the pickiest eater, and then you eat stuff like fish eggs and sushi, which I couldn't believe that you ate sushi. Shocked oh, it's me. it's so I, good. I'm like... I'll try but, pretty much anything. I just won't like it, probably. How do you just eliminate all soups? 
I used to have soup as a kid, and I was like, man, the fucking soup part's the worst part of the soup. So I would drain my chicken noodle part. soup, <laughs> and I would part. eat the noodles and the chicken, and I'd just dump the broth out in the yard or the sink or whatever, and everyone's like, the fuck's wrong with you? It tastes You're, like you, shit. You've probably only tried like five soups in your life, probably. I guarantee it. You're un- You're just uncultured, that's all. I don't know if I don't like the broth of any of the soups. Would I would I like the soup? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> That's, do you like ramen? I'll I'll eat the noodles, but I ain't gonna fucking drink it. <laughs> like, did you not hear my whole chicken noodle soup story? <laughs> what about like cream of something? Like fuck no. That's so funny. I love it. I've tried it because my dad loves cream soups. My dad fucking loves any soup, actually. Oh so I like had a spoonful goodness. and I was like, yeah, I ain't eating this again. Oh my God. That's awesome. Respect. I mean, that's fucked, but respect. I fucking love chili. But it's got to <laughs> <pretty> stick. <laughs> yeah, dummy chili kicks ass. It's got to have beans in it, though, or it's not chili. Who the fuck makes chili without beans? Uh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. If it's like one of them keto chilies or whatever they're trying to do, then whatever, all the power to you. Keto. What a waste of a diet. I don't know. My dad lost like 120 pounds on it. So Shit. <laughs> I've heard Not a to lot where he of bad move things again. about it. But... No, that's great for him, though. Oh, that's great. It's terrible him. to eat anything on it. Like all my favorite shit has bread in it. Are you kidding me? I couldn't go a month. I, I don't even I don't even know if I've went two weeks in my life without eating bread. Probably hasn't happened. I know, like if someone told you you couldn't have a peanut butter and jam sandwich, what's the first thing you'd say? Go fuck yourself. Yeah, that's probably where I'd go. Yeah, something. And then there. I'd fucking eat one. I'd make I'd them watch me them. eat one just to be like, fuck you. Tell them to eat slugs. I don't know. Kick rocks. Yeah. Kick your Throw yourself off and a kick balcony. rocks. <laughs> it would get aggressive if someone told me not to eat a peanut butter and jay ever again. If someone fucking told you to like, not what's eat the peanut butter you? out of the jar with a spoon, you'd snap. I'm not going to lie. I did that like an hour and a half ago. Okay, so I was watching Ted Lasso, and he talks about leaving the peanut butter jar open on his counter, and they're like, and everyone on the team goes, no one does that. Why the fuck do you do that? And he goes, oh, yeah, you guys don't know that about me, but I just love peanut butter so much that I can't resist. Every time I walk by, I got to dip my finger in there and eat some. And I was like, holy fuck, that's Tyler. <laughs> yeah, so he just I mean. an open jar of peanut butter on his counter. Well, I don't do that. I'm not that. But I'm not that much You're of a not psycho. Far. But I will leave it on the counter with the lid closed and the spoon on top. Well, yeah. Who know? You don't know if you want another sandwich. I don't need the bread for peanut butter. <laughs> I thought you were going to say peanut butter and jam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a little weird. Ted Lasso, though, I keep hearing good things about it. Being as big of a soccer fan as you are that you haven't watched Ted Lasso yet just fucking blows me away. Like, yeah, Ted Lasso made me buy FIFA. Yeah. And, like, think about that. 
you couldn't get think me to about, buy a FIFA. Think about that. Yeah, but you don't listen to anything I say. What? Like I said, I told you who to play in fantasy this week, and you still lost. I wasn't listening. Is anybody listening? Is there anybody out there? <laughs> Is anybody listening? <laughs> All right, this, this took a turn to the weird spot of the of the podcast here, Durham. I think it's probably time to wrap it up. I have a peanut butter and jay sandwich to make. I gotta get milk if I'm gonna do that. <laughs> milk? What do you? You just gotta have it with milk. Man, I'm not gonna lie. Knows it does peanut make butter it is so much better with a milk. With a milk, <laughs> with, with a, a milk, milk. <laughs> with a milk. Yeah, I can't argue that to be honest. But uh, let's just wrap this episode up, Durham. Episode number four. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into it. And uh, make sure to rate this episode five stars if you enjoyed it. And uh, stay tuned for episode number five when we talk about more crack in hockey and hopefully some good things about what's going to happen in this road trip. So thank you, everybody. And Durham, let's get the puck out of here. And cheers, everybody. Peace.